uh, a part of what we talked about. Haggai chapter 1, starting with verse 5, says this, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You've sown much and bring in little. You eat but have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there's none warm. And he that earneth wages, uh, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And so yesterday uh, we were talking about uh, what, why many Christians don't walk in the fullness of God's blessing. And honestly, you have to, you have to look at this from a, from a right perspective. These principles that I'm teaching aren't just about finances. But what I'm teaching on is about uh, uh, anything, that, anything that pertains to the kingdom. So uh, the anointing, uh, you know, the, the, uh, what, past, what Brother Tom talked about last night, the manifested um, tangible presence of God, anything that we want to access by faith according to the word um, uh, is affected by what we were, what we're talking about. Of course, we're, we're emphasizing uh, finances in this meeting because we want to, I want to, I want to equip you for what I believe uh, is going to be a major shift in the spirit for God's people uh, financially. But um, what, what we were able to establish yesterday was this, that a lot of the reasons why we don't, uh, why, why uh, uh, we don't consistently walk in God's blessing financially is because of wrong concepts and ideas that we have of God. You will, you will receive from God. The con, whatever concepts you have of God will determine how you and what you receive from God. And if those concepts don't line up with the Bible, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, they serve, they serve Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. They serve the Jesus uh, that they conceptualized because of stories that grandma told them or things that they heard in some religious setting or, uh, you know, in the faith and the faith community, there's lots of stuff, you know, and even now, even now there's still people that are saying things that aren't, you know, they're not scripturally accurate. I know that, you know, we're, uh, that, that's why it's important for us as ministers of the gospel to be careful that when we share our experiences, we share them as an experience and we don't try to teach them as a doctrine. You know, uh, I, I remember when Brother Rodney first showed up on the scene and people were getting joy. Uh, I went to churches and, uh, where, where people had been to his meetings and pastors would get up and they'd line people up like Rodney did and people just be getting joy. And, um, and, you know, joy, what was happening, you know, what happens in Brother Rodney's ministry is as a result of a manifestation of the Spirit. You know, and not all of it is, you know, not all of it is the Holy Ghost. You know, some people are laughing because it's silly. You know, people are silly. But then there are other people that get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. They get caught up in the spirit and out of their belly, out of their spirit comes this uh, supernatural manifestation of joy. And many of us have had that happen to us. We've, we've experienced that. And some of, well, some of us in a greater measure than others. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Some of us have been there more times than other people. But, but a, lot of, a lot of what started to happen is people, you know, because this was unfamiliar to them, I, I saw pastors that started teaching, like teaching joy. Yeah. Well, you don't teach. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. And, and I, I may, you know, um, I, I may be opening up a can of worms here. But you don't, you can't teach, <laughs> you can't teach manifestations of the spirit as a doctrine. In fact, you know, uh, uh, Brother Tom had, uh, there was a fella, and I can't remember his name. I think his first name was Michael. Um, he's from Jamaica, I think, uh, or from the Caribbean somewhere. Anyway, uh, uh, he was, I think he had asked Tom a question and, 
And then Tom recommended that he ask me. And I'd never met this fellow. I can't remember his name, though. Um, anyway, uh, he, was, he had a prophetic gifting. And he functioned, I think, in a prophetic office. And so his question was, he sent me a, he sent me a little um, audio blurb. And he was prophesying over a woman. And, and he was, I, I was having trouble making out all that he was saying because of his accent. But I, I listened real hard. And, and what it boiled down to was that this, he was getting this word for this woman and talking to her about some things that she'd endured, how she was under this spirit of heaviness. And then, you know, as the spirit of God came upon him and as the spirit of God began to manifest, uh, the Lord put a sharper point on what he, was, what he was seeing by the spirit. And so finally he says, you miscarried uh, two weeks ago, this is your fifth miscarriage or something to that, you know, something to that effect. And you're in mourning and the devil's trying to tell you that you will not, um, that you will not bear children. He says, but woman, he says, you're pregnant now and you'll carry this baby uh, throughout, you know, the entire pregnancy. You will not lose this baby in miscarriage. And then uh, he told me the rest of the story, which was this the woman carried that baby to full term. And so his question was this, why is it, and this is important, I'm saying like, are you talking about finances? Yes. Listen to what I'm going to tell you real good. Because supernatural increase isn't money earned. Supernatural increase has nothing to do with your ability to earn or not earn. Has nothing to do with the economy. Has nothing to do with what you make an hour. Supernaturally, just like healing. You can't earn healing. Healing is a manifestation of this. Healing comes out of the Spirit, out of God, by the Spirit. And the way you, the way you get healing is not by earning it. You, you can't pray your way to a healing. Right. Now, prayer is involved with healing, but you're not earning your healing by praying. Right. You're aligning yourself to receive yes. your healing. Yes. Y'all understand? Yes. See, healing and anything that comes from the Lord has to be received. And so when it comes to finances and God blessing with finance, that has nothing to do with how much, how much time you spend at work, how much overtime, you know, all this stuff that we're claiming is God's blessing, uh, really in God's blessing. We earned it. That heathen that worked overtime, they, they earned the same amount of money as you did. Had nothing to do with God. Go ahead, man. And so we've got to understand that there's something that God's trying to get to us that we can't earn. It, it has to be received and it's manifested supernaturally. I'm so glad Ben is here today because the very first time I preached on supernatural increase was in his church in Antlers uh, many, many years ago, and it couldn't have been a worse time to preach on, or teach on it, but because it's a manifestation of the Spirit. So let me get back to the, what I was saying. So this fellow, his question was this. He said, Brother Ziggy, why, he said, uh, if, you can, if you can answer this question, why is it that sometimes the gift is so sharp? And, and my, my, my ability to see what God is saying is so defined and so, he, he said, it's just so accurate. And at other times, it's like, like looking through a, uh, uh, a, uh, uh, a foggy window. He said, sometimes, you know, I, I have to really struggle to see. And I don't know what was going on with me that day, but it wasn't that I was perturbed. I just thought, well, you know, this guy's asking me this question, and I'm not sure that I would just ask a stranger uh, that question because who in the, I mean, there's some kooky people out there, and I've heard people, you know, say some things, and I know they were well-meaning, but they didn't really, uh, they didn't really take a lot of time to think about what they were, you know, what they were saying, and, and um, so I thought, well, let me, I'll start out by introducing myself, tell him who, you know, a little bit about me, and then maybe he won't even want to hear my opinion. So, you know, I started typing, and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm Ziggy, and 
I got saved at 15. I, you know, I just kind of went through this whole thing. I said, I figured, you know, the Bible says, no, the labor among you. And I, I wanted you to know who I was. But, and, and so I went, I went to type because I was, when, I, when he said that, I was thinking, uh, you know, why, does it, why is it like seeing that? I was like, I don't know. You know, I don't think I ever thought about it. And I'm like, maybe you had too much pizza, you know, that day. Or, you know, I don't know. Maybe you watch too much television, listen to, you know, maybe you, maybe you listen to too much. I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, and so I was just going to put, I don't know. <laughs> but as I, uh, as, I, as I typed, the Spirit of God came on me, which is amazing because I, you know, type like this. And, and, and uh, when the Spirit of the Lord came on me, and I started to type. This is what I typed. It, I said, uh, I said, brother, um, when the spirit is in manifestation, uh, it's easy uh, to, to heal sick people. It, it only becomes difficult when the spirit's not in manifestation. When the spirit's not in manifest. Listen, when the spirit's not in manifestation, you have no hope of supernatural increase. It's, it's, see, I can teach you principles and I can teach you what the Word of God says. But uh, if you don't get over there in the Spirit and allow the Spirit to manifest these things that I'm saying, you're not getting it. It's just like anything else in the Bible. We can tell you about it. We can lead you in that direction. We can, we can start moving you in that direction. But until the Spirit of God breathes on it and He begins to manifest, there's no hope of seeing the fullness of these things uh, uh, come and happen in this natural realm. And, and I think that this, this generation, and I know we've been well-meaning as, as preachers of the gospel. What we've tried to do is we've tried to get people's butts out of chairs in churches and get them out in the streets and get them out doing the things of God. And, um, and probably inadvertently what we've done is we've mobilized people, but we've not mobilized people in the same way maybe that God mobilized us. You know, because we were, we were relying, and I, I'm, I, well, maybe I should speak for myself, but I've, I've always been relying upon, uh, uh, number one, the Word of God, and then after I got a word from God, I, I, I depended on Him to manifest what He said. Right. Right. Because it's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by my, are y'all hearing me today? Now, now, listen, I know, I know this isn't your typical, you know, some people th- thought I was going to talk about giving in here. Listen, you, you do great giving. Oh, if you're, well, I should only speak for those that I know. If you're, well, I do. I know, I know all of you. You guys do great giving. You don't have a giving problem. Amen. (laughs) I know some of y'all like, amen. (laughs) Because we're, we look like that verse in Haggai. We've sown much and bring in little. See, Haggai was trying to tell us something. You've sown much and bring in little. You, you eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you don't, you're not filled with drink. You earn wages, and it seems like you're putting in a bag with holes. Uh, David mentioned that scripture yesterday. And so I, I told him, I said, brother, I said, I, said the, the, I don't think the problem, when I responded, I said, I don't think the problem is, you know, um, trying to get a, uh, a clearer picture. I said, I don't think that we need to uh, ask the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, to help us to talk. I think we need to ask him to help us to know when to shut up. Right. When to quit when he's not in manifestation. Because what we don't realize is that we begin, we begin to, to, to uh, skew a people's perception of God when we step out and then nothing happens. 
I know. I mean, you know, I'm going to let it settle in because some people are like, well, we'll never see anything happen if we don't get out there and do something. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to, we need to have a right idea and a right concept of God. And that concept of God uh, shouldn't come from, from some YouTube video we watched or from, from you know, something that, you know, like uh, uh, something that we thought that we observed in a, you know, one of, the, one of the difficulties of raising children as a minister, as a preacher. And thank God I have the most wonderful children. Thank God he, he blessed us and, and he's here. I don't want to get the big head, but you know, my kids didn't, my kids weren't rebellious. My kids loved the Lord. My kids, you know, they, everybody told me, I'm preacher's kids. I was like, no, you, you, your kids, not my kids, your kids, because my Bible says, and, and here's the thing is that I didn't just look at the word of God and look at it uh, and, and, and reach a place of mental ascent. I got a revelation that God uh, had something different for, for, for my children. And I pressed into a place where the Spirit of God was present and working with me in the raising and in the rearing of my children. I couldn't expect my children to become uh, godly children without the help of the Spirit. It's impossible. Even, you know what? If all I gave them was the Word of God and all they did was reach a place of mental mental ascent, then all I would have succeeded at doing is making them religious. But because of the manifestation of the Spirit and the entrance of God's Spirit. Amen. 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 Are you all hearing me? Yes. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 But one of the difficulties, one of the things that helps us uh, or that, that affects the, the preachers in the rearing of their children is that, uh, like we were talking, Chris and I were mentioning, Chris mentioned this last night, you know, Cade and Gabe, I've got pictures of them when we, when we were... Uh, when we were over in uh, preaching in East Liverpool, and I mean, they were this big, and they're running around with uh, uh, DS, you know, uh, Nintendo DSs, and uh, snot-nosed, and Gabe got a red ring around his lips where he, you know, licked his lips, and his lips are all chapped, and and uh, Kate's hair is a mess, you know, and, and he got like a purple shirt and green pants, and and uh, I mean, it's just great stuff, but. So they grew, you know, they grew up around the things of God. When you grow up around the things of God or when you start to become accustomed, are y'all with me? Yeah. When you start to become accustomed to the things of God and, you, and when you're a witness of th- something supernatural, if you have never, if, listen, if, if, if your experience has only been that you've observed the supernatural and every now and again, you've, you've uh, um, especially when you're immature, most people when they're immature, God does supernatural things through them, but not because uh, they have special insight or some kind of, you know, God takes care of the babies. And so when you're a baby, you can just about get away with anything for a while. And I mean, man, if I'd have gotten born again in this generation, I'd already have me a TV show and a Bible college and everything. Because we got babies trying to teach people how to do the work of God. But, you know, they, that Gabe, for a long time, he just watched dad and he observed me and he watched what I did, and he saw what I did. You know what, you know what happens when you do that? Your mind starts to tell you, okay, I see how that works. Dad got up there. He got everybody excited. Chris helped him out, you know, and, uh, you know, they started, they started playing faster, and they started, you know, Dad got up, and he began to shout. He began to jump around, and then, and then you know, that got Anna happy, and we know that's how Anna is. So, you know, uh, Dad probably knew that, so he kind of did that in order to, you know, he did that so this would happen, and when that happened, well, everybody else got happy, and that's how that works. 
And that's what, that's what they get to thinking until they have an encounter with God. And about five or six years ago at a native Indian reservation in Washington, Gabe was sitting in the back of that place and all of a sudden the spirit of God came on him. You know what? I prayed for, I prayed for Gabe many times. I laid hands on him and I prayed. And when I got done praying, he, he just looking at me like, can I go now? <laughs> and I just look at him and I'd say, listen, Bubba, don't think, don't think that this prayer that I prayed over you is the same thing you've seen happen in other people. I said, there's going to come a point in time when the Spirit of God is going to come upon you. And there's going to be a reality of His presence that invades your life. And God's going to rock you in a way like you've never been rocked before. I said, when that happens, I said, then you'll know what happens with all these other people Amen. that are laying on the, all these. I said, that's not happening to you. I don't get the wrong idea. Don't think that these people are just getting emotional. You understand? I was trying to keep him from creating this concept and idea of... Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Because some of you have given courtesy drops. What we don't know is that courtesy drops keep God from being able to do what he wants to do because we're, we'll accept a substitute or we'll accept our way instead of hanging on until he has his way. You know what? I'd rather, I'd, rather see, I'd rather see three sick people healed than claim that 300 got healed. I may have laid hands on 300. When Cherie goes out, and we, every week we go out in the streets and we do ministry in Oklahoma City, uh, we don't say that 69 people got saved. We say 69 people made decisions. Maybe a handful of those people got saved. 69 people prayed a sinner's prayer. Four of them got born again. We laid hands on 200 people. Three or four of them got a miracle. The rest of them we laid hands on and we're standing in faith for that. You know, as long, as, long as, we're willing, as long as we're willing to compromise on what God wants to do. And see, that's what we do financially. Yes, that's right. That's right. Amen. Oh, I'm preaching. And it's, it's, those, it's those ideas. That's why Haggai says, thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Consider your ways. If you're sowing much and bringing in little, it's not God's fault. You don't need to, you don't need to learn how to, uh, to pull the, uh, you know, the one-armed bandit of the word the right way, hold your mouth the right way, or pray the right way. You've you got to consider your ways. Are your ways aligning with his ways? Are your thoughts aligning with his thoughts? Are you depending on the Spirit to manifest these? You know, the, I, the, the biggest place people miss it, and uh, Ben probably testifying to attest to this, is not, not in the fact, again, people, people are givers. Uh, God's people are the most giving people on planet Earth. Most preachers and most people never discover that because they're in the flesh. They're carnal. Heck, I was telling Tom, and I, I hope I don't, you know, talk in high school here, but the, the brother we have, that we have in common that we know... All right. One time I, I was in the area. I was like, hey, I won't come. Uh, I'd like to come if you, you know, if you have an opening. He's like, well, I'd like to have you, but um, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I kind of don't want to because I don't want to be mad. <laughs> I was like, well, what do I say that makes you mad? He said, it's not what you say. He said, it's what happens when you get here. I said, well, what happens when I get there? He says, he says you leave here with you know, $20,000. And he says, and I can't raise $5,000 to fix something at the church. 
What he didn't realize was, that's not my... That, yeah. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> that, that just goes to show you that it's not something needs to be fixed in me. Right. And you're not going to fix it by not having me. You got, you got to change, you got to change the way you relate to God and how you think of God. And so we talked about yesterday, the principle of environment, the principle of environment is this. God never creates anything until there's first an environment that will sustain it before God, before God created birds, he, he separated the heavens and the earth. He made heavens and he made earth. He made, he made the heavens. And after he made the heavens, he created birds. God didn't create fish first and then say, now where do I put them? Before God created fish, he first created water uh, for fish to live in. For them to, for that, he created an environment that would sustain it. And so, amen. Before you're ever going to walk in that place of the fullness of God's blessing, there must be an environment created in your life that will sustain it. Listen, it's, it's not that what God wants to do uh, is too big. It's that the environment that we're trying to introduce these things to is hostile against it and is trying to destroy, uh, destroy it before it ever begins to come forth and flourish in your life. You know, uh, some of the, some of the mices we talked about here, some of the ideas that we have are as if we do something stupid that somehow or another, uh, the Lord will withhold from us provision. You know, as a father who's not, you know, I mean, the Bible says there's none good but God. And so it doesn't matter how good I am, he's better. Um, but as a father, if my son did something stupid, I'm never going to withhold what he needs to live from him because he did something stupid. In fact, he's done a lot of stupid stuff. And he still gets a coat to wear in the winter. He still gets clothes to put on so he doesn't go out naked. He still gets shoes to wear. He still gets food. I'm not going to start to ration his food, give him less food because he did something stupid. No, he's going to eat and he's going to be nursed. He's my son. And so we have this idea that because we're jacking it up somewhere in our lives, that God's going to withhold provision from it. That's a, th those are concepts and ideas about God that need to change. You're, you need to align yourself with the word. That's what we talked about yesterday. So... Um, did I say enough about that? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> and the, the, of course, there's much more to that. But um, these concepts, the, the idea of God blessing financially was not something that I learned in the Mennonite church. They didn't teach that. But when I started in ministry and I began to read the word of God, the Mennonites told me I'd always be broke. I'd always be poor. If you're a preacher, you're going to be poor. And I believed him at first. And you know what? Because I believed it, I'd get $35 offerings, you know, crowds of 300, 400 people. Uh, I'd get a $35 offering at the end of seven days of preaching. And the pastor would look at me and say, man, I'm sorry. It just didn't come in. And I watched it come in. In bucket loads. I mean, they literally had like Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets one night, and they passed around. He said, this offering's from Brother Ziggy. And they passed the offerings back at that church. They passed them from the back to the front. So by the time it got to the front, I saw what was in that bucket. It was good measure, pressed down, shake it together, and running over. There's 400 people there, and that was just one bucket from one section, the section I was sitting in. And at the end of it, 
I got a 30, it was, in fact, it was right there in Archibald. I got a check for 35 bucks. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get angry. But there wasn't anybody to blame but myself. Because you, here's, here's the thing. Man can't rob you of what God... Listen, y'all got to quit blaming everybody else. Well, I'm black. I'm Hispanic. You know what? God don't see none of that. But you know what? If you're going to lean on that, then you're going to have to live by that. Why, 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 are, we choosing, why are we choosing to live so low? You know, when God created you, he didn't create you to be low. He created you to be high. Say this with me. Say, I'm high class. Glory to God. You're high class. Amen. When God, Bible says when God created man, he, t- he told him this. He said, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air. In fact, when you read that verse of scripture, you know how many times God said over in that scripture? Five times. Here's essentially what he was saying to man. Be over, 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 over. You know what that means? He didn't create you to be under. Why, why do you think it is every time you try to go under, you, you fight? Even the, even, the, even the rankest sinner, when they're under, will struggle and fight to get over. You know why? God didn't create man to be under. God didn't create you to be under anything. God created you. Listen, you can either have dominion or you can have problems, but you can't have both. You have to choose either dominion or problems. Come on on now. (laughs) I I know how tempting it can be to want to lean lean on that that thing of, well, you know, it's just a struggle. It's just a, you know, when things seem to be going awry, when things seem to be coming undone, because we feel like that we have to make an excuse. But here's the reality. Instead of making excuses, we have to consider our ways. We have to find out what God says about it. And we have to stand firmly upon his word and believe that he's going to do what he said he would do. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if the Spirit of God don't manifest, I'm not about, I'm not about to go and to pawn something and talk about how God provided for me and supplied all my needs. <laughs> Nothing against what your dad did all those years, but I'm not going to, that's not prosperity. There are people wagging purses in here, cost as much as a car. Acting like they're prosperous. Wagging around a fancy purse ain't prosperity. Had a, had a pastor come pick me up at the airport. He looked at my airplane. He says, now that's prosperity. I said, where? He said, that right there. I said, that's an airplane. He said, no, that's prosperity. I said, dude, it's an airplane. That's not. I said, if that's your idea of prosperity, you're, you're missing the boat. That, that may have come as a result of prosperity, but that's not prosperity. See, he has this idea that money takes care of need. But the Bible says this, God is the supplier of all my need. And sometimes he uses money to do it. But money doesn't supply need. God supplies need. Because, amen, praise God. All right, so... Um, 
Let me give you some scriptures. Uh, <clears throat> oh, you know, I didn't prepare these, so I'm just going to... Deuteronomy. Oh, I've got one, Debbie. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, I'll give you these. These are good foundational scriptures. Deuteronomy 8.1, all the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do. And I want you to notice some things in these verses of scripture. Uh, there are some prerequisites. Every promise of God is al almost always conditional, but not conditional in that God wants us to, to pay for it. It's, there's, the condition is usually putting God first. Oh, yeah. Or in other words, knowing, knowing where God stands. Mm -hmm. remember, remember there in uh, uh, um, Malachi chapter 3, before God talks about you've robbed me and all that stuff, it says, behold, I am the Lord, I change not. You know, every time someone comes down the pike with something new about tithing, I'm like, wait a minute. He's the Lord. He don't change. He's, he's the same place. He's in the same place he's always been. God, is, God still stands where he stood forever ago. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Lord. He changes not. And so this whole idea that God is changing his position on things, men change position, times change, society changes, God never changes. So uh, all the commandments, it says, all the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do. In other words, he says this, uh, what I'm telling you to do today, do it. Pastor Tom, Pastor Tom, uh, he, he messed me up real bad one time. He threw me a book and it was about iniquity. <laughs> Pastor Tom is always messing me up. Anyway, <laughs> I watched a video of him at <laughs> Pastor Ben's church, he's praying for people's naughty bits. I thought, my God. That's for a, that's for a marriage retreat. Anyway, <laughs> he's like, you need prayer. <laughs> Y'all look like you could use prayer. <laughs> look at it, married couples. Anyway, <laughs> yes, uh, some of the singles are blushing right now. There <laughs> <laughs> but my, uh, uh, he, he, he threw me a book on iniquity and I've shared, I've shared this nearly everywhere I went. You know, when we think, what is iniquity? It's lawlessness. Iniquity is lawlessness. In other words, you know, we, we think when we think of iniquity, of course we think of sin because sin is lawlessness, <laughs> but we think of particular sins, you know, um, you know, being iniquity. We don't, we don't understand that lawlessness goes way beyond just adultery and fornication and whatnot. In fact, when you look in the word, um, that's the reason why Lucifer was really kicked out of heaven. You know, we say, well, it was pride, it was arrogance. Well, you know, that was a result of his lawlessness, his iniquity. And the Bible says that, you know, he was perfect until iniquity was found in him. And that's why he was, as I have. So lawlessness is uh, um, definitely a, a, a not a good thing. But anyway, so the reason I'm bringing that up is because all the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do. Now, we're, we're talking about finance, but let's, you know, let's kind of, it's, it's a, it's a broad, um, this is a broad brush. It, it affects every area. So <laughs> that means if God is offering joy and you try to offer him tears, that's iniquity. 
Because if he's offering joy and you choose something else over what he's offering, that's lawlessness. That means you have turned away from his ways to do what you want to do. So get this. Now, I'm, I started in ministry as an evangelist. I've won probably hundreds of thousands of people to Christ in the last 37 years. And when I hear people say something like this, we're going to win the lost at any cost, that, that makes a good banner and a good t-shirt and a good bumper sticker. But that concept and that idea will lead you to iniquity. Because I've got news for you. God doesn't always lead us to win the lost. Sometimes God leads us as believers to gather together and to tank up uh, before we go win the lost. In, in fact, in fact, before Jesus ever sent the church into the world, he first commanded that they gather in Jerusalem till he could get his spirit in the church. Because he knew that there was no way they could fulfill the mission with the absence of the Holy Ghost. And so it would have been iniquity for them to try. Now listen, did they know what the mission was before the Spirit of God fell? Absolutely. Before he ascended, he gathered them together. He said, this is the mission. Go and preach good news. Go and, Joe, will you bring up, well, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm, I'm getting, starting to get off course. I need to bring it back. So, but I mean, these, these are principles that will help you. He tells them, he says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be witnesses. You're going to go and testify of what I've said. You're going to go and tell people what, what, what happened. You're going to give them good news. You're going to tell them about a life change that results in believing in me. He says, you're the first ones that are going to do it. You are the witnesses. It's going to begin with you. But what I have to say to you next is extremely important. Go and wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Amen. You know what? They had the mission before they had the equipment. But they had enough sense not to try to go and fulfill the mission without what was necessary to get it done. Now, this generation is different. We think that we're good. We think if we go try to fulfill the mission that we can get the equipment in the product. Come on now. Boy, I'm preaching wonder why <laughs> the absence of and then we i'm telling you all this active we wonder why there's because what you hear most is the holy god most of i was i was telling you most most of the folks in my church most of you know more of the word of god than than most of the pastors i preach for Some of you are more capable of doing ministry than many of the churches I've preached in the last 37 years. But would I, would I put you in that place? Well, no, because you know the thing that, that most people are where they're missing it? It's not, in, it's not in the fact they don't know the word of God. It's not in the fact that they haven't read the Bible. It's in the fact that they've never allowed the spirit to mix with the word. So, I mean, I'm, I'm stuck on the first foundational scripture all the commandments which i command you this day listen one word from god changes everything yes. one word from god changes everything 
See, we think, what did you talk about last night? Uh, sensitive, being sensitive to the Spirit, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Being sensitive. Some people think being sensitive to the Spirit is looking and watching and observing with your eyes to see. With, listen, your eyes and what you see is a very poor indicator of what God's trying to do. If you're, if you're watching outwardly to find out where God's going, you're already 20 steps. You're, you're, you're looking at hindsight. You're looking behind you. He's already moved on. Once, you, once you've identified where he's working at in the natural, it's, you're, you're way behind. Listen, as a pilot, you never want to be behind the airplane. You never want the airplane to be flying you. That's a bad situation. If you're trying to catch up with the airplane, you're going to become a smoking crater before you can ever figure it out. And most people, that's how they try to determine how they're going to be led by the Spirit. Is they're, they're observing, they're, they're going by what they're feeling. Ooh, shall it, I feel that. Ooh, glory to God. Listen, if you're feeling it, it's too late. You needed to be ahead of this thing. I was in a meeting in a, well, let me, let me, so all the commands, say all the commandments. commandments. Say it again. Now, when, when today, all the commandments, I command you this day. You know what that means? That means that you're going to have to tune your ear to hear what God says every day. So let's bring it back to finance. So financially every day, you're going to have to tune your ear to hear what the Holy ghost is saying. I mean, you're going to have to take, this is something you're going to have to be intentional about. You have to be intentional about this and you have to align yourself with the word of God. Otherwise you're going to get off in iniquity. Otherwise you're going to get off and you're going to start doing things that contradict what God's trying to do. And you're not going to be aware of it right away. You know, some of us think if we get in iniquity that immediately we'll be aware of it. Can I tell you a story? Um, I went to, I was having a revival in Anadarko here in Oklahoma. And um, man, I'd, I'd already been at this church for three weeks, Pastor Ben. And I was, we'd, we'd, we'd had, the Lord had really, man, <laughs> the Lord had really been working and he'd been moving big time. And, uh, uh, in, but it was in the preaching and in the ministry, you know, ministering preaching. We weren't seeing any miracles. We weren't seeing people be healed. And of course, in all my wisdom and understanding, being that, you know, I, I know everything, <laughs> I, I, was, I was praying. I said, Lord, you better do something up in here. People going to quit coming here in a minute. You're jacking this meeting up, God. I mean, you're not. <laughs> but now, now, here's the thing, and, and, and Brother Tom will tell you this, Pastor, uh, Pastor Ben will tell you this, Reuben will tell you this. Um, we don't have to get instructions from the Lord to, to minister healing to the sick. In fact, you know what? I could stop that meeting and been like, I need every sick person to come up here. It should, you know, in the name of Jesus, laid hands on the sick. Bible promises, lay hands on the sick, sick will recover. Right. And so we could have seen some, we could, we could have done, you know, we, uh, had some manifestation of the spirit. But again, man, my, my whole life, the Lord rescued me. I owe him everything. I owe him everything. And I'm determined that I'm not going to do anything. I don't know. And I know I miss it, but I'm determined in my heart to do whatever he says. Oh, yes. And so I'm, I'm back there and I'm praying and, and um, 
for a few days I had prayed. And then uh, I, was in the, I was sitting in the nursery. I was in a rocking chair. And so I'm rocking back and forth in this chair in the nursery. And I'm like, Lord, you better do something. Cause... And so the Lord said, okay. He said, tonight during the offering, this is what I want you to do. I didn't expect to hear him tell me to do something during the offering. But he said this. He said, I want you to tell the people, and Carolyn, I still have your offering here, but um, he said, I want you to tell the people to take their offering, he said, and give it to a sower. Give it to another sower. So if you had an offering, you'll take that offering, you'll give it to another sower. He said, and... <laughs> and so, so he, he said, give it to another sower. He said, and he said, and in that moment, he said, I want my people to know that in that moment, I fulfilled my word. I supplied seed to the sower. He says, now as they sow their seed, tell them, I'm going to do the rest of it. I'm going to supply bread for food and I'm going to supply and increase their store of seed. Now, listen to me, it didn't even matter what he said. All that mattered to me was that he spoke. The minute I had a word from God, I was like, oh, we in like Flynn, boy. Glory to God. I got up, man. I was happy. I'm like, the word of the Lord. Glory. And so I got up, man. They had worship, and I was chomping at the bit. I'm like, because because when God speaks, listen, when God talks, when God says something, um, he may not manifest in the way that you expect him to, but he will always do something. Amen. And so uh, I wasn't going to get an iniquity. So they got done. I got up and, and I said, listen, I have a word from God. And everybody was, man, it was packed that night too. And, and everybody was like, oh, you know, I said, uh, so I said, I want y'all to get your offering out and uh, I want you to hold it up. And they, everybody, nearly everybody had an offering. And I said, now here's what the Lord said. And I told them what the Lord said. Now, what did the Lord say? Give your seed to another sower. Fulfilling my word. And then as you sow, I'm going to fulfill the rest of it. All right? Very simple. Very simple. So I said, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I said, I want you to be obedient and do what the Lord said and, and uh, expect for miracles. I said, some of you think it's just about finances. Listen, when you get up in there and you do what God told you to do, he will bless you in every way, shape, and form. I'm telling you right now, anything could happen. And so I said, one, two, three. And the moment I said three, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, church. The Spirit of God rolled into that building in, in, a, in, a, in, I won't say in full measure, but in a, I'm talking about in a greater measure than some of, some of you may have ever experienced. Literally everybody was aware. You didn't, no one had to say, did you feel that? I mean, all this, Ted, you were there? I mean, immediately. The Spirit of God rolled up in there, and we were, we were in what I would consider to be a measure of the glory, a manifestation of the glory of God. And um, so I, I stood there, and all of a sudden, I mean, by the Spirit, maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds went by after that happened. Some people, I, I watched some people, and immediately they went to other people, they were like, and they, they, they gave their, their seed to, they just did it. But after about 15 seconds, the whole room disappeared. Uh, this is how the Lord deals with me sometimes. The whole room disappeared in a cloud. And, and all of a sudden, I was, I was transported to the back of the church. I didn't go back there physically, but I was 
Now all of a sudden I'm privy to a conversation happening between two people in the back of the church. You know what the conversation was? A lady had a check in her hand and she said this. She said, the Lord told me to give this to you. This is for you. This is not for anybody else. I, I just feel like you need to have this. And the Lord told me to give this to you. Well, when, when she was saying that, I was like, well, that's not what you said, Lord. That's right. That's not what you said. That's now, I know some of you say, well, what if the Lord told her something different? Now, God, God, see, God's not like you. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, right. Yeah. that's why he said his ways are higher than that's your right. ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, see, some of you, this, this is what's tripping. I'm, I, what I'm doing here is I'm helping you to identify the things that are tripping you up and keeping you from the fullness of God's blessing. Oh, yeah. You apply this to finance, any, any area of life. So I was like, well, that's not right, Lord. And the minute I knew that, it, that what was happening wasn't what he said, I'm, I'm back up at the front. And I'm like, well, that's not good. And then all of a sudden, now I'm privy to another conversation. And, and someone is standing there with their seat saying, where do you want me to do with this, Lord? What do you want me to do? I said, well, you said what to do with it, Lord. And so this person is trying to pray about what they're supposed to do with what they got. And all of a sudden now, I'm starting to be privy to all these things. There was all kinds of craziness going on. Oh, yeah. And so when I finally understood, I was like, Lord, why is this happening? The Lord said, son, that's why I can't manifest here. He said, because, he, he said, because these people, instead of doing what I tell them to do, they do what they think they should do. Instead of doing what I command them to do, they, they try to figure out what they ought to do. And he said, and that's why these meetings have been going the way that they've been going. You, you want me to tell you what happened? You see, you, you'd think the Spirit of God would be grieved, but you know what happened? That meeting blew up. It's the best meeting of the whole revival. The glory of God manifested. The Spirit of God moved. The sick were healed. The bound were set free. Uh, people were blessed. People, people walked out of there were like, Oh, the Lord blessed me with a thousand dollars. Go ahead, man. Those, listen, those folks were, people were laid out. I think, I think we were there maybe till two in the morning. People were laid out all over them. It was the most glorious meeting. But now, now here's it. See, that's why uh, looking in the natural is a poor indication of whether or not we're doing what God wants us to do. Because see, God, God showed up and he manifested himself in a great measure. And even though we missed it, he's such a gracious God. Now I knew we missed it. I got in the car, my heart was heavy. Ted was with me. Uh, uh, another uh, minister was with me. And he's sitting in the back seat. And he got, when that other minister got in the car, he's like, oh, glory to God, money cometh, Amen. Supernaturally increase. Someone handed me a thousand dollars. And I'm like, well, pray, praise God. But my heart is heavy. And then you know what the Spirit, the Spirit of God tells me? He said, uh, he said, um, tomorrow, he said, you need to tell them they missed it. Oh, yeah. He said, you need to tell them what went on in there last night. Yeah. That's right. 
And I was like, but Lord, they, everyone thinks it was fine. He's like, that's why you need to tell them. Amen. I know, I know. You know, look at me. You know, I'm glad you're looking at me that way because you're listening. Go ahead, man. Well, I thought, okay. Um, I just went home. I didn't say a word. I didn't say nothing to Ted. I didn't say nothing to the other. But we just went home. And the Lord dealt with me all night. He said, you're going to get up there and you're going to correct this. You're going you're gonna to say what I need you to say. I was like, all right. And I was nervous. Because I, I was about to blow up. You know what's important? It's not important that you got a goose bump. It's not important that you got chicken skin, that you ended up on the phone. Listen, God is a loving, gracious, wonderful, awesome God. And he blesses you in spite of you. Not that you need to have this mentality of being, you know, this miserable old thing. Listen, you're no, I tell people all the time, we, in church we could sing it. You're no good, you're no good, you're no good. We can sing it to each other. Baby, you're no good. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not heaping condemnation or, you know, we're not doing that. We're identifying that without him, we're no good. But with him, oh, oh, that's another story. Oh, yeah. So when we're on our way back to the church um, that for the next night, I thought, well, I'll try it and I'll tell them first. And if it goes over well with them, then it'll be okay. So they're in the car, Ted and, and uh, this other preacher. Well, Pastor Mikey is who it was. And I want to say because I want Pastor, Pastor Mikey didn't know better. He just didn't know. But <clears throat> I got in the car and I said, hey, uh, guys, I want to tell you something. And I told him. I told him, Lord said we missed it. And this is how. And um, it's amazing how we will so quickly try to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, see, Ted had been talking about, man, that meeting last night. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! You know, you know how Ted, he was all excited. I said that and he looked at me like, And Pastor Mike, he, he just said, well, I feel like I did what the Lord, you know, said. But what do you, you know, what do you say? Right. You're about to, you're, you're being confronted. That's right. It's hard for us to receive correction. Yeah. Now, maybe a year later, you know, <laughs> when things have time, you know, to, but, but, you know, immediately after the fact, it's hard. And so I thought, man, it didn't go well with them. How's it going to go with the people? But I did. I got up and I told them what, what had happened and what the Lord, you know, was trying to, trying to get across. Do you know that God can do so much greater with us? Do you know, even, even in all the glory that we experienced that night, we fell short of the measure that God intended to pour out upon us because we were willing to settle for less. Do you know the devil will give you half of what God has for you if he knows you'll settle for half? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the devil will show up and give you half of what God had for you if he knows you'll say, ooh, glow, money cometh. Go ahead, man. So that's why we have, to, we have to be committed to whatever he tells us to do 
on any day, whenever it is, every, in fact, every day, whatever it is, financially. Listen, when you, when you get money, when someone hands you money, when you earn money, any, any, anything that comes with it, the first thing you ought to be saying, listen, if, if the first thing in your mind is a new trailer, you're off, you, listen, you're off track. Oh, man, I'm getting me that trailer. Because you didn't, you didn't bother to hear what God was commanding you to do. Oh, man, yeah. Whoo, the Lord supplied to pay my bills. See, we, we make these assumptions, and we never get the word of the Lord on it. You know what? Sometimes God gives you seed to sow. When, you, when you're in need, when, when, it, when you're down to your last $20, you know good well when you're last 20 But some of you have been on your last 20 for 20 years. <laughs> But you're down to what you, you know, consider to be the last in that season and you're hanging on to it because you're, you're broke. And then you're like, man, I'm going to risk it. Give it an offering. Give it an offering. And then someone come and hand you a thousand. Woo, I'm, I'm going to pay my rent. Is that, is that really what you ought to do? Maybe you ought to inquire of the Lord. See, that, that's... <laughs> That's what happened. Boy, see, I'm on a good subject right now. I can tell. Amen. Praise God. Any questions? It's like, man, I don't know, brother. I ask a question, you might go a little deeper. Amen. It isn't about a trailer, is it? Okay, maybe, you know, maybe you have to, you have, it's really a case by case by because there are times that um, the Lord tells us to do stuff and it's a, it's a thing that has to happen in that moment. And I know people don't want to hear this, but you know, because people say, well, the Lord will give us another chance. Well, there's coming a time when we're not going to get another chance. And we have to, we have to ditch that mentality. We've got to act like that. We're never going to get another chance. We've got to see it as if this is one, this is one opportunity. And, uh, and I think that's another reason why we don't see... We, we've Americanized uh, the, the gospel and Americanized our, our Christianity so much that we've, 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 we package it now in a way that makes it more palatable, more acceptable to people. And the reality is, is that there are times that when God tells us to do something, if we don't if we don't respond in that moment, then we've missed the boat. And there's not a whole lot you can do to correct that except for, well, Lord, I'll do better next time. Um, but, you know, missing the boat. And I know a lot of, you're going to go through this exercise in your mind about lots of stuff. God is a gracious God. He's a loving God. He's a loving Father. So don't, don't get crazy and be like, oh, man, I, so I know I missed it so bad. Don't, don't do that to yourself. But just, just get, to, get to the place where you're willing to, uh, 
where you're willing to step out the first time. When God says to do it, do it. Um, Don't wait. Just do it. You say, well, what if it wasn't the Lord? Well, that'll become apparent along the way, and uh, you can fix that. But, you know, trial and error. You just have to, you know, you have to be willing to follow, not, not get reckless, because some people are just reckless. They're, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pu- push every button and pull every lever. Um, that, I don't, I don't condone that, and I don't think God does either. But, um, yeah, first-time obedience. We just need to, we need to obey the Lord when we uh, uh, either know, know in our hearts that he's told us something. And, and if you have a hard time determining when he has said something to you, then you need to work on uh, developing an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. There are ways to do that, you know. Um, you need to get around people that regularly hear from the Lord and talk to them. Hey, I feel like God is... You know, I wish some people that heard that God was sending them to another church would, you know, ask me to hear with them if they were contemplating it, you know. Especially if they consider me to be a mentor. I mean, they're like, you're my mentor, you're my pastor. And then one day they come and say, Lord told me to get out of here. It's like, well, what, I mean, have I ever had any influence in your life? I mean, what did you, did you think to you know, bounce it off of me? Did you ever consider that you might be, it might be the devil talking to you? I mean, not, you can go, you can do whatever you want, but I mean, you can ask Pastor Ben. There are times he gets phone calls from me. I'm like, Pastor Ben, I feel like I heard this. What do you think? He calls, but there'll be times we're talking on the phone. He says, brother, I, I've been hearing this. Tell me what you think. Because it's safe to get around people that hear from God. Now, you know what? People that will come up with all kinds of, you know, uh, cows riding people in heaven and, you know, having <laughs> dreams of cows riding people in heaven. Yeah, I'm not going to have any part of that. That's nonsense. Oh, God takes me to heaven all the time and I saw a cow riding a man. No, that wasn't heaven you went to. <clears throat> you're, flake, you're flakier than a two-crust pie. That's what it is. Yeah, you, you, you're on a flashback, man. <laughs> no, any, no, no other questions? Yeah, go. I mean, uh, if you if you think uh, you just kind of got to go through the the uh, what what's in your heart, what's in your mind, what is it that you're thinking on? Um, I, I I say I would I'll tell you this: 100 percent of the time I give, I'm not thinking about a harvest, usually, and I'm not thinking about um, you know God being this you know grumpy old troll that lives under the bridge that's not going to bless me if I don't do. You know, give an offering. You know, that, that's a, usually my motive. You know, the Bible in the book of Luke, chapter 6, it, it says, a uh, very popular scripture says, Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over, shall men give it to your bosom. With the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. You know the scripture? So that verse of scripture, um, when, you're, when you're, everyone goes through stages of maturity when it comes to anything. 
So when you start on the journey of supernatural increase and God's provision financially, you're going to, you're, you know, like my son, my son um, loves his, loved his, he loves his grandfather. When he was little, he loved his grandfather because his grandfather gave him anything he wanted. And he took full advantage of that. I mean, he wanted a cinnamon roll one time. We went to the mall. I was like, you don't need a cinnamon roll. I mean, he was wired as it was. So we go to a movie. I mean, he had the biggest bucket of popcorn and ate the whole thing and drank, you know, him a big old, you know, uh, uh, water or whatever. And I mean, it's like, boy, you don't need a cinnamon roll. My dad just showed up at the mall, you know, and I said, hey, grandpa's here. Grandpa? Yeah, yeah, he's here. And there came my dad. Hey, he, call, he calls him Gabriel. Hey, Gabriel. What's, what's up, dog? That's what he says to Gabe. What's up, dog? Gabe, of course, coming in. And he goes, Grandpa. <laughs> Listen, I was reaching for the belt and everything, you know. <laughs> it didn't work for Gabe. I never hit Gabe, you know, with a belt. And uh, I did him with my hand a couple times, but, but uh, man, my dad, when he'd take that belt off, you'd hear the sound. I'd leave a little puddle of pee right there. <laughs> you know, it was an art for him too, boy. He was like, he was like Zorro or something. <laughs> but he looked at my dad, Grandpa, I really want a cinnamon roll. Come on, come on, we're, we're going to get it. I'm like, Pop, he don't need a cinnamon Oh, you, he need a cinnamon. You need a cinnamon roll, don't you? Man. Gabe, Gabe, just looking back at me. <laughs> so when you're immature in the message of prosperity, what you hear in that verse is this, given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed out. You're thinking, you're, I mean, you're all, oh, it's coming to me, amen. But once you've gotten over there and you begin to grow and understand the message and understand God's nature and you understand the word of God, all of a sudden you look at that verse of scripture and you identify with a different part of it. Right. And it'll happen to you. All of a sudden you'll start identifying with um, men shall give into your bosom. And so you quit being, you, you quit identifying with I'm going to get and you start being, Lord, let me be the one that gives unto the bosom of him. Let me be the dream fulfiller. Okay. Let me be the one who sows and causes a vision to come to pass. Okay. That causes a ministry to go to the next level. And so when you grow, you become the one that gives into the bosom of another. And you still are the receiver but that's not the part you identify with the most. Because you, when you grow into that place, you know, I, um, I don't know when, Gil, but at some point, I haven't asked God for a particular amount of money for a long time. I don't ask him for a dollar amounts. Um, I, I haven't prayed about money in years. It's not something that I've needed. That's not to say that you shouldn't. It just depends on where you're at. So that's how you identify, whether it's out of fear, out of anxiety, uh, out of, uh, uh, you know, um, um, obligation, legalism. Man, if I don't do this, God's not going to do for me. Um, God's going to supply your needs whether you... Do the birds sow? We talked about it yesterday. They don't. I mean, they inadvertently they do. They don't do it on purpose. Right. Oh, that's good. They don't 
They just go and eat and they drop stuff as they, and you know, birds sow, but they don't sow purposefully. It's just a part of the, their nature. You know, uh, birds will take seed in their, in their, in their mouth and they'll go somewhere else. That's why sometimes you have stuff spring up in your yard or in your garden or somewhere. It, it wasn't there before, but it got there somehow. How did it get there? Well, it was sown there. You didn't sow it. Well, who sowed it? Well, there's birds that come by and there are ponds that have been stocked by birds because birds come, they grab food and then, you know, fish shakes out of the bird's claws and falls into another body of water. And now, you know, fish are spawning in a place where they they weren't before. Amen. And so you, what, what you want to be busy with is making sure that all that you're doing is, is what the Lord wants you to do is pleasing to God. Yeah. So follow, I guess I'm going to get follow up. just a little deep. Um, this is the first church that I tithed at. Okay. Not that I didn't believe in tithing. I knew it's something I needed to be in, but I really never had a church, a real church to tithe at. No, I understand. I should have been tithing for since forever. Is that is there a repercussion to that? Am I missing out on some sort of blessing, or do I need to make up for it? Or I'm I'm confused about that because I I've given offerings all my life. Yeah. But I've never said, you know what, this is I need to tithe. Right. No, no, you know you 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 can only you can only go from here. When you when you when you repent from something, it's a reset. You know you're you're starting where you're at. And uh, I mean, if you're in the Old Testament and you borrowed from God, you had to add five percent. Um, we're not doing that around here, but <laughs> but we talked about that. Isn't that crazy? But no, you know, Gil, you just got to start where you're at and move forward from here. And, um, and it, it won't, it won't, uh, you know, anything, any way that would have affected you, it's already, it's already affected you. Um, but you know, some people, they go without tithing all their life and there's never repercussions because they never had a conviction to tithe. Wow. <laughs> See, there's some things that some of you would have to, you know, you were, you would get the consequences of because you know better Then there are people. They don't know better and they're not. How, how can it, how would it, how, how can you, uh, how can God be just and judge you for something you didn't know? Come on, man. Not that we, not that we just become blissfully ignorant so that we can skate through life that there's a difference. Then you have willfully, you know, I'm talking about inadvertently. So you know, uh, I have found when I give, prof- you know, I give some, I gave a pastor a word one time. I said, Lord said, if you'll quit doing the thing that he told you to quit doing, um, y- y- there won't be any more loss in your church. And, um, and he said, uh, man, I wish I knew what that was. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, if he didn't know what it was, there wouldn't be any consequences. But the fact that I'm telling him there's consequences means he knows what it is. And so I responded to him. I said, Pastor, I said, if you didn't know what it was, there would be no consequences. I said, but the fact that God says there'll be consequences means that you know what it is. And then he tried to play it off like he didn't know. And then his wife, I think probably not what he hoped that she would say, looks and says, well, Brother Ziggy, do you know what it is? (laughs) And I, I think I saw him get kicked under, or her get kicked under the table. I said, yes. 
and I told them. But, um, yeah. I kind of to bring you back. That's okay. At the setup question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking before about environment. Yes. So environment, uh, kind of as it relates to receiving mm -hmm. for this, you know, everybody. Um, so in, in coming back to environment, so in other words, obviously there's a sowing part, there's a reaping part. Mm hmm How does it come back? How does it come back? In other words, whether it's <clears throat> entrepreneurial or what? It can come back in a lot of different. It could be entrepreneurial. It could be, uh, uh, we were at Ben's church, and uh, there was a man that had lost his job. He was a, uh, there's a lot of, uh, what are they doing, a, a lumber and, um, isn't that right, lumber? They cut down a lot of trees and stuff out there. And um, that he had lost his job, got laid off, and he was broke, man. And, and um, I'd, I, I, uh, I'd, I'd preached on something concerning finance. Anyway, um, I looked at him and I said, just do it, man. Just do it. And he was like, okay. And he sowed a seed. And I, I, that was it. Your harvest is in the field. Go get it. Oh, yeah. I said, your harvest is in the field. Go get it. Well, he was like, well, where's, where's the field? How do I get it? I said, man, just go get it. And you know, he, he sowed that night. And then the, when he got home, the Lord said, why don't you take your name, write it on a piece of paper, you know, over and over again and take and hand those out around town and offer your welding services. That's right. Well, he, he, he was, uh, you know, he's a lumberjack or whatever. The, he cut trees down. He never had utilized that part of his, you know, he, of a, a trade that he had learned. And so um, he went and he handed his name out the next day. When we came back the following week, he came back and his testimony was, I've got work from now all the way up to the middle of next year, and I will make more in these next three months by the end of the year than I made the entire first part of the year. So that, sometimes that's how the Lord will, will lead you. So um, that, that is, you know, that's uh, super, supernatural in the fact that God opened up that door for him. Ted, you know, uh, washers and dryers and appliances, you know, he sees some things happen there supernaturally. So um, it's not just that money will materialize, but you don't want to, you don't want to not look that way either. Cause I've gotten envelopes in the mail that were unmarked with no return address that um, had large, uh, uh, $100, $100, yeah, large bills in there, uh, stacks of them sent through the mail, which I don't recommend because they, they arrived. And, I mean, here's a return address from Big Mike. I tell people it's the Archangel Michael. You know, I had to deliver it to the <laughs> post office. You know, I, it's my story, so I can tell you any way I want to. So, but, you know, as far as uh, creating, you know, creating an environment, you have to create environment in your mind. You have to, you, and the way you do that, you know, the Bible says, be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You also create an environment by allowing the Spirit the freedom to manifest it because supernatural increase is a manifestation of the spirit. Amen. Even when it becomes entrepreneurial because you're not relying upon your, uh, you have a skill, but you're not relying upon your skill to get this done. You're relying upon the Lord. If that's what he told you to do to open up that realm and you're going to do what you do. And then God's going to take, and he's going to make up the rest. Debbie's a good example of that. Lord, Lord told her that she would have a job with the state of Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. 
She, she saw the job. The Lord said, that's your job. She said, that's my job. She came to me. She said, Pastor, the Lord told me this is my job. I said, in the name of Jesus, I agree. Well, my wife worked for the state of Oklahoma. Same kind of deal. Payroll. And I told, I told my wife, I said, Lord told Debbie she's going to have this job. She goes, she ain't going to have that job. I said, she said, the Lord said. She said, Zig, that job requires a master's degree. Debbie doesn't have a master's degree. Ted acts like he's her master, but that's not a master's degree. (laughs) Anyway, so she, you know, she, she, my wife said it couldn't happen. I said, but, but if God said it, it don't matter. She said, Zeke, you don't understand how things work with the state. I said, you're right, I don't, but I do understand how things work in the spirit. I said, she said, well, she said, if you say so, I said, I do. I, I believe it. I believe with all my faith. She heard that. And so Debbie came and she, she, she's like, pray for me. I'm going for an interview. And I said, and the Lord told me to tell her what to say in the interview. I told her, I said, tell them this. I said, tell them, tell them, um, you may not have every qualification that, that they, they require, but tell them you'll work harder than anyone ever worked, that you'll, that you'll do more than anyone ever did, that you'll work harder and you'll be better than any other candidate. Tell them there's no other candidate that will work as hard as you will work. And tell them that because you're a believer, if they hire you, God will bless them. Oh, yeah. Tell them the Lord told you it was your job. Yeah. She went in there and she did that. You know what? They hired her. They hired her. Now she's in a job. Now here's the thing. You say, well, where's the manifestation of the Spirit in that? Well, she was doing something she's not qualified to do. So later on, there's an opening for her to, to uh, for someone to become the director over the entire uh, agency that she's working for. Well, Debbie, by this time, and I'm not trying to throw Debbie under the bus, but this is the process that we go through. Sometimes we forget that's why in Deuteronomy it says, don't forget, the, don't forget the Lord your God. Sometimes we forget that when God blesses us, we didn't elevate ourselves to that place. So Debbie, when she saw that director position, she applied for it. She needed a word from God. She applied for it. She applied for it on the basis that she believed that because of her seniority and because of her experience, she deserved it. Well, you know how that worked out? It didn't. In fact, it put a target on her because when they looked over her records, they said, wait a minute. You don't even qualify for the job that you have. How did you get in here? And so here's the deal. When God starts to elevate you supernaturally, you can't keep yourself there because he'll take you to places you don't belong. That's right. He'll put you in places you don't qualify to be. That's right. And if you get over there in the flesh and, and quit relying on the spirit, if you allow an environment that doesn't entertain where God took you, it'd be rough waters to navigate. And for a while it was with Debbie. But, but she, she came to me and she said, I'm just going to quit there. Um, they've made it a living hell for me there. And I said, you're going to quit? I said, you mean you're going to let the devil run you out of where God took you? I said, that place ain't big enough for you and the devil. You need to tell them to go. Oh, yeah. Hit the road, Jack. 
And we agreed. We told him to leave. You know what? Pretty soon that devil was gone. Amen. Debbie retired from that job. That's why she's here today. And, and you know what? After that, people started calling her and say, can you come do that job for us now that you're retired? Can you come for six months? Can we contract with you and pay you oodles of money to work for us for six months and have the rest of the year off? Come on now. That's right. And that's what she does. Amen. <laughs> nice. With a, with a high school diploma. You know, Debbie used to be a stripper. It's true. She, she, she stripped these concrete walls. That was her title. That was her title. She was. It's true, isn't it, Debbie? That's right. Isn't that right? They think I'm lying. It's true. Now, she worked outside with all these burly men. And she... I mean, she did this laborious work, and the Lord <laughs> and the Lord delivered her. <laughs> All right, praise God. receive this today. Praise the Lord. All right, stand up all over the place. Let's pray. Remember, we're not, we're not receiving offerings in these morning meetings. Um, I know that some of you, you'll, 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 uh, you'll feel uh, inspired to do it, but just hang on to it. Friday, we'll, we'll receive one offering uh, in the morning, and whatever you sow in that morning offering uh, on Friday, uh, let it be what uh, the Spirit of the Lord leads you to do. And uh, what we're going to what we're going to do is we're gonna, that'll be a leap seed or a lead. We're going to we're going to take that and we're going to we're going to trust that the Lord is going to um, seal number one what He said to us and create an open door um, as we as we're obedient to Him. But anyway, um, I know that I'm taking a lot of time to talk about things that have to do with shifting our thinking, but it's extremely important. You know, the devil wants control of your mind. Do you know why he wants to control your mind? Because if he can control what you're thinking, he can control what you're saying. And if he can control what you're saying, he can control your environment. God wants to control what you're thinking. Because God wants to be in control of the environment of your life. Amen. So uh, let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Father, that your people... We'll leave out of here, Lord, with a greater measure of understanding and wisdom. Lord, that the anointing of your spirit uh, that has been present in this place will rest upon them and go with them out of this place. Lord, I pray that people will get set free everywhere they go. Lord, that they will, they will uh, uh, get caught up in the same anointing, in the same spirit, uh, because they're carrying such a, uh, a, a, a heavy measure of that anointing out of this place. Lord, I thank you. We thank you uh, for what you've said and done, and we give you praise and glory. Lord, continue to lead us and guide us. Bring us back tonight, Lord, with expectation. Lord, anoint Brother Tom's uh, uh, with a... Uh, uh, Lord, let him, be, let him get up here and be greasy tonight. Oh, la mare besta. Le fred de teme. And Lord, we're going to yank every bit of what you've 
uh, put in him out of him in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, thank you. Uh, bring us back with a, a joy. And Lord, let us be led forth out of here with peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen, I love y'all. Seven o'clock tonight, Brother Thompson.